1: Being a chef
2: means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
1: right this way,
2: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Well, well, well,
4: ladies and gentlemen, Straight Fire. Monday, February 8th, and Tom Brady is Super Bowl champion again. I was way, way, way wrong about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I really thought they would win this game handily. I was right about one thing. The game wasn't going to be close, and 31-9 to is not remotely close. The game was a blowout for the second half. It actually reminded me of... When Peyton Manning, threw 55 touchdown passes for the Broncos, went into the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, and the Legion of Boom and the Seattle defense dominated the game, they had a pick six, and it was a bloodbath. I think the game was 43-8. to Folks, I got to say, this was a game of firsts, and I, I, nobody could have seen this coming. If I mean, if you were the guy who bet Chiefs will not score a touchdown, and... Patrick Mahomes would lose by double digits. I need to see the ticket because I don't believe you. I firmly believe nobody had this. This was a result that nobody expected. I'm sure the books in Vegas cleaned up the under caches easily, shockingly easily, um, and the underdog wins. Um, And, you know, I mean, basically all unders hit in the game. We'll get to the gambling aspect later. The props did well that I gave out on the podcast. Um, But I'm just still a little bit stunned by the result. And I I went to a Super Bowl gathering, socially distanced outside, of course. After doing the halftime, talked the line on the Fox lot Sunday, um, and you know everybody's at, you know talking. What well, Jason? What are you going to say? What are you going to open with? And like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and ball wash Brady and say, oh, he's the greatest ever. We know that. That's a fact. That's obvious. The guy threw for 200 yards. You know, he was good. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I I still need to look at the video to see what the hell happened besides the offensive line crumbling on every play. It felt like a jailbreak every time Patrick Mahomes snapped the ball. And I got some numbers for you that are are just stunning. Um, Mahomes was pressured more than any quarterback in Super Bowl history. And the Bucs barely blitzed. Stunning. Just stunning. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But my big overarching takeaway from this is that Bill Belichick had to be so angry watching Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown dominating in a Super Bowl. And I said this to some folks at a Super Bowl gathering and they're like, oh, huh, I hadn't thought about that. Brady and Belichick win six rings together. One of the big debates is who mattered more? Well, Brady was a six-round journeyman. He's a game manager for the first few Super Bowls, yeah, but what about the comebacks against Seattle, against Atlanta? Brady was magnificent. Okay, fine. It was 50-50. Well, I think unequivocally, you can say right now that Tom Brady mattered more. He goes to Tampa, a franchise that had not been in the playoffs in over a decade, had not been to a Super Bowl in over, what, 17 years, and he wins the Super Bowl. And yes, we are going to get to Todd Bowles in a moment. Because Brady and Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles just steamrolled through Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. The first time in NFL history a team has beaten three straight Super Bowl MVPs to win a Super Bowl. That's incredible! And I do need to apologize to Bruce Arians. Um, Going into the playoffs, if you guys go back and listen to the podcast, I think we charted out, I think it was with Mike Sando. You know, there's eight teams in the NFL and there's eight coaches in the playoffs, obviously. And I said Bruce Arians was the weakest head coach. Bruce Arians just pulled out my pants and slapped my behind and said, what the hell are you talking about, Jason? Bruce Arians is now a Super Bowl champ again. Obviously, he won as an offensive coordinator uh, with the Steelers and Big Ben. But I just wonder what Belichick is thinking. Do you think he said, Man, if I had only treated Tom Brady better and I wasn't so hard on Gronkowski, I could have had this this year. If I keep Brady, if I can get Gronk back, and I get Antonio Brown, what? Why couldn't I have had this? Now, yes, the Tampa Bay defense was phenomenal, and New England had more COVID opt-outs than anyone in the league, especially on defense. But Belichick's a defensive-minded guy. Coach him up. Belichick has to be ticked off. And I do wonder, and this is legit, folks. Like, this is a real thing. Does Bill Belichick see this? Know that Brady is now above him in the whatever phantom pecking order in NFL history you want? Because they were always 1A, 1B. And does Bill Belichick say, I'm emptying our piggy bank of draft picks Get me Deshaun Watson. Because I need to get back into Super Bowl contention. I cannot take this on the sideline. I'm not going to try Cam Newton. Marcus Mariota would be fun. I don't want any part of Jameis Winston. I want Deshaun Watson. And I just wonder if Belichick sees this. Because again, Brady's 43 years old. Antonio Brown had a nice game. Five catches, 22 yards. Gronkowski, the offensive hero. Six for 67 and two touchdowns. Gronkowski led them in targets. Antonio Brown was second. Folks, Chris Godwin, who's going to want some massive free agent deal. Two catches for nine yards in the Super Bowl. Mike Evans, are you ready for this? One catch, 31 yards. That's it. It was as if Brady focused On getting the ball to Gronk and Antonio Brown. And let me toss in for good measure. Leonard Fournette picked up off the scrap heap. Belichick, you could have had him. Fournette, 16 for 89 and a tutty. Hit my prop bet, thanks to Fournette. Four receptions for 46 yards. Leonard Fournette had over 130 yards of total offense. Nobody wanted him. Just this idea that Tom Brady can go to Tampa, tell them... I will take Gronk, come on back. I will get Antonio Brown, and uh, let's go grab Fournette. Anybody could have gotten those guys. The fact that Brady got him sticks it to Belichick. Jim Nance, by the way, really tried hard. I don't know if you guys saw that in the postgame. He was trying hard to get Brady to say this was sweeter than any Patriots ring. Um, Brady, of course, did not take the bait or anything close. Um, But I think this... Tampa Bay Super Bowl victory makes Bill Belichick look so bad. He is probably so ticked off right now. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise in NFL history has Super Bowl titles. The Patriots and Steelers have six. Tom Brady has seven. He is above the league. Above. I mean, it's incredible. Tom Brady, like, the guy's 43 years old. Like, let's give the man his due. And again, I am a Tom Brady fan um how can you not respect what he's done obviously as a Jets fan I don't love Tom Brady dominating with the Patriots but now he's with Tampa Bay what do I care um I have yes interviewed Brady a couple times um both times alcohol was involved uh one was at a Victoria's Secret Party in New York City I think I've told that story the other was at a Super Bowl very brief he's a friendly guy or he was back in the day this is 15 years ago um and uh, yeah, he's he, he's an easy guy to root for, man. He seems very down to earth, and I love this note. This is one of the my favorite things I heard in the Super Bowl post game uh, Sunday night. Tom Brady was texting teammates every night last week at 11 p.m. We will win. Now I do have to question: Was it really 11 o'clock at night? Uh, I thought Brady TB12 was like an eight nine o'clock bedtime guy. But I did love that note. Tom Brady just getting them in the winning mindset. And, folks, this was never a game. It wasn't. I mean, 14-6, to late in the half. I guess there's about a minute left. And the Chiefs had three timeouts. And this was what really ticked me off. And I think at halftime you could claim this. Afterwards you couldn't. they call timeout on first, uh, on second down and, uh, and first down and second down after the plays, thinking if we get the stop, we get the ball back. Well, they get the third down, obviously Gronk on the, on the tight end maneuver because tight ends kill the weak Kansas City linebackers. And then Brady says, I'm going up top. And he chucks a bomb to Mike Evans and Brashad Breeland, who had had a bad game. I mean, he was struggling out there kind of trips, and as he's falling down, touches Evans, and, you know, they throw the flag. I guess you kind of have to. I hate that that's a spot foul, but if it's not, you know, you're just tackling the guy all the time. Um, I didn't love that flag, and then on the next play, Brady looks to Evans again. They call a total bullshit flag on Honey Badger, and I will argue this. We can watch the film together, and you can make your case. A, the ball was not catchable, and B, that was not enough contact for a flag. I mean... That was, there was nothing there. And Honey Badger was ticked. I'll get to him, him and verse Brady in a second. And then, of course, you know, Antonio Brown beats the Honey Badger for the touchdown. And you go from 14 6 at the half when you get the ball back to now 21 6. And oh, damn. Our defense is struggling. We're on the struggle bus. So, Honey Badger, just to clear it up, after the game, went on social media and said, I got in Tom Brady's face because he said something to me that I won't repeat here, which is kind of chicken poop, but whatever. And, you know, he... I mean, I i don't think it was a racial thing. I'm, I'm assuming he called him a uh, female dog or another word that rhymes with wuss. Um, but Honey Badger was upset, got in his face, and, and, you know, I guess he got the taunting flag. But I... They did seem shook at halftime. I went and did talk the line at halftime at FS1. Um, And it was on, like, you know, YouTube and Facebook and all that. And I still felt good about Patrick Mahomes. Listen, Patrick Mahomes had never lost a game by more than eight points. Ever. Why would I be? Why? They've been down 24-0 to the Texans. Down 10 with eight minutes left against the 49ers. Comebacks are nothing to Mahomes. Well, this gets to the problem of what the hell happened. And, folks, these numbers are staggering. Todd Bowles, who loves blitzing, blitz second most of any team in the league this year, blitzed Patrick Mahomes six times. Why? They didn't need to. 29 dropbacks from Mahomes. He was, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes was pressured on 29 dropbacks. 27 of them was when Tampa rushed four or fewer defenders, okay? Per ESPN Stats and Info, that is the second most pressures using four or fewer rushers in the last 10 years. And again, Mahomes was pressured more than any quarterback in Super Bowl history, breaking a Jim Kelly record for when they played Washington in 1992. Tom Brady was pressured four times in the Super Bowl. Four. Patrick Mahomes. 29 dropbacks. He was under pressure. At one point, it really did look like the offensive line had no clue what they were doing. They were not talking. You thought Andy Reid would adjust. You, you, I mean, can you keep in a tight end? Can you keep in an extra blocker? And nothing worked. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, came into this game 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions against the blitz. And we talked about it on the podcast. Can't blitz Mahomes. They didn't blitz Mahomes, and they still got to him. My prop bet for Shaq Barrett getting a sack, cha-ching, uh, nearly happened on, the I think, the first play of the game. Um, but here's one from the next-gen stats. This is mind-boggling. I, I It's tough for me to put this in, in into context. So Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. He traveled, scrambling for his life, 497 yards before being sacked. The most scramble yards by any quarterback since they began tracking the stat. Patrick Mahomes, 497 yards scrambling. Just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I will say this, and I know people push back when I put it on social media. Mahomes made at least four ridiculous. How the hell did he do that? Houdini escaping, throwing the football, and... The fact that he was able to get them off and nearly complete them, one in the corner of the end zone to Pringle, one to Tyreek Hill that hit his face mask in the first half, another where he was literally on his way down and just flung it with, like, insane accuracy that could have been caught near the goal line. Um, I mean, Mahomes is just, it it was crazy. It was unbelievable what he was doing to keep his team in the game. And uh, I don't know. I'm stunned that Todd Bowles is not getting more credit. I was giving Steve Spagnuolo a lot of props for rattling Brady back in the day. Uh, This Todd Bowles performance was, you'd have to say, on par with that. I just, before I let Rob G get all excited here, I just want to say, this was the first game in Patrick Mahomes' NFL career his offense did not score a touchdown. He had never lost a game by more than eight points. They got shellacked. Rob G., are you as surprised as I am?
5: Oh, of course. I mean, I don't know how anybody who isn't surprised. Even the people who picked the Bucks were saying, you know, I think they're going to win it close. Brady's going to do what he does. It's going to be a field goal that wins or something like that. Nobody saw a blowout from Tampa. And um, shout out to Todd Bowles. I, I said on Twitter last night, you know, Brady was going to get MVP, which he did, and he deserved it. He was, he was very good. But Todd Bowles threw three games. Their defense is what won each of these games. You know, it, as as good as Brady was in that Super Bowl, their defense just controlled the entire game. And I just want to give a quick shout out. I know you'll appreciate this. I gotta get my Raiders in here. Uh Matt Bowen from ESPN does NFL matchups. He's a very smart guy, very tuned in, former NFL player. Said that uh part of the blueprint that the Bucks defense used against Pat Mahomes. Was taken from the Raiders' Week Five victory over Kansas City. So, shout out to the Raiders and that stout defense—the oh, last on. team to beat. I got, Patrick Mahomes. Hold on, I gotta look deeper into that. But they,
4: Rob, they scored 32 points that's, against the Raiders. That's
5: irrelevant. What they what, and 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 uh, just give me. Let me have this, okay? But no, they really they used a lot of the same things that um that the Raiders did. Like I told, we talked about this actually. I think earlier in a couple, maybe a month ago, maybe even a month and a half ago, that the way the Raiders beat the chiefs was they said, we're going to play this too deep shell. We're not going to let you go deep and you're going to have to nickel and dime your way down the field. And that's exactly what the bucks did. The only difference is the bucks got an incredible defensive line. So it didn't really matter either way. The Raiders yeah. don't, but
4: there is a, there is
5: a blueprint if you want to beat this team.
4: Well, I mean, big picture. Yeah. You got to have amazing defensive ends, right? JPP and Jack Barrett had good games. Um, And you've got to hope that the opposing offensive line stinks. You know, they had played 17 snaps together in that Bills game, and that's it. And again, I know that everybody in hindsight will say, yeah, well, we knew that coming in. Why didn't we think Tampa would stomp them? Well, you know, they had played without Schwartz for, I think, five weeks, and they did pretty well. They've always adjusted well. They did not adjust well here. Uh, And Tyree Kill, by the way, had a total garbage game. I know he had stat padding at the end with a bunch of catches. But Antonio Winfield. I don't know, Rob G., if you, would, uh, if you were still watching at the end and saw this. But Tyreek Hill couldn't haul down a fourth down pass. It was clearly over. Antonio Winfield throws up the peace sign in his face and gets a 15-yard flag. Antonio Winfield, after the game, I, I, this was a funny comment. He said, hey, when we played them earlier, Tyreek Hill went off. He backflipped in front of my face. And gave me the peace sign. So I just had to give it back to him. I kind of, listen, Winfield's a rookie, but man, I I like that. You knew you were winning the game. I don't mind that. No,
5: I love it. I just wish you would have put more respect on his name by calling him Antoine Winfield instead of Antonio Winfield, but that's okay.
4: Oh, my bad. I
5: mean, his dad, you know, was a great NFL player as well. But no, I love that kind of stuff. Like, just like, I, I loved, I know I didn't like what the Honey Badger did after the game where he, you know, insinuated one thing or whatever, whatever he said on Twitter. But I love that it was chippy in that game last night. I love Chris Jones getting into it with half the offensive line. I love Tom Brady, you know, trash talking with Honey Badger. That's great. That's football. Like, especially in the Super Bowl, you you want that kind of stuff.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
4: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it
3: quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Let me ask you again, zooming out big picture NFL. You never want to read too much into one game. But... Pretty fascinating how it worked out for Tampa with that defensive line. If you can pressure with four and drop back, you're going to have a chance to shut down the best offenses. In an offensive-heavy league, we just watched Pat Mahomes go no touchdown. I'm still blown away that he was not able to get in the end zone at all. This I I wonder if this puts some free agents who are edge rushers into perhaps a much more appealing you know space. Like hey. We've got to go out and be able to get to the quarterback. I mean, this is not news. It's always been known, but, you know, it's pretty clear right now that this is not a great draft for edge rushers. So a guy like Leonard Williams, Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, are people backing up the Brinks to go get them? Because it's pretty clear. Like, Patrick Mahomes has stopped now once in his career, and this is what worked. Now, obviously, they'll adjust. They'll have an offseason to adjust, but... If the offensive line ain't there, you know, you got to get there with the ends. I think defensive end, edge rushers are, are going to be at a massive premium this offseason. Massive. I, I, I would
5: agree with you to a point, but just like you mentioned earlier, you know, the fact is that they were technically down to their third string tackle on both sides because Eric Fisher was their starting tackle. They moved their right tackle, who was technically their second string right tackle, to left tackle. So he's, what, now the third, I guess the third string guy on either yeah. end So I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the blueprint, especially in a passing league where all the rules favor the offense. You mentioned it yourself. Those, those PI calls that that the Bucks got in the end zone were, were horrible. Um, yeah. I think, but sticking with your, your big picture you know, idea, um, Mike Silver from NFL Network did a column on Friday. And in it, he quoted a lot of NFL guys. Matt Nagy was quoting it, Sean McVay, you know, and the the whole premise of it was, is Tom Brady's success in Tampa going to start a chain reaction where every other team is going to be like, hey, we're only a quarterback away. Let's push all in. And it's funny that this came out because that uh, that, that McVay was quoted in it because two days later, um, after he was interviewed for the piece, is when they made the trade for Stafford. Matt Nagy, which depending on who you believe, may or may not be in on Carson Wentz. And so I think that the bigger quote-unquote big picture is that you're going to see these teams now to say, hey, the Bucs were a quarterback away. The Colts, hey, we're a quarterback away. The Bears, were a quarterback away. Why not push all in? Why not throw all our chips mm. in and pick up that uh, – big time running back like Leonard Fournette who grew out of favor in Jacksonville. We don't need him for one season. Let's see what happens. Let's get Antonio Brown and his headache. All we got to do is keep him in line for four months and we're good. So I think that's what you're more likely to see than this, than this, uh, a surge of defensive linemen that aren't really out there.
4: Right now. I, I guess my only pushback would be Tom Brady. Anywhere he goes is going to command major respect. Right. Right. Um, This is a guy who's won six Super Bowls. If Tom Brady says, jump, Leonard Fournette, a noted jerk in Jacksonville, right? Uh, He would sit on the bench and pout. Uh, There was no leadership in that organization. Tom Coughlin, the old school guy who had a couple Super Bowl rings with the Giants, he couldn't get Fournette to fall in line. You know Bortles wasn't. Um, Antonio Brown, like a major league jackass. And that's not being harsh. Look at, I mean, the guy's got a, a, a rap sheet and lawsuits coming out the wazoo. He's been a jerk everywhere, everywhere he's been in Pittsburgh. And uh, didn't he go to the Raiders and have like a, a frostbite foot or some correct. craziness? Am I already forgetting this? Yes,
5: his foot froze in a cryo chamber. Yes, correct.
4: Yeah, he was total jer- He basically forced his way out of the, uh, they were still in Oakland, right? This was like 2019.
5: Right. And he may or may not have called the general manager a racial slur.
4: Oh, gosh.
5: If I recall. So, like,
4: he goes to Tampa. The guy's been a model citizen. I think he was living with Tom Brady initially. Like, Tom Brady commands complete respect. Okay? Anybody who goes there is going to be like, oh, this guy's won a lot of shit. He's got as many Super Bowl rings at the time as franchises. Like, uh, no disrespect, but Carson Wentz ain't going to get that. You're going to look at veterans. They're going to be like, "What what the hell have you done? You haven't won one playoff game. Like, Deshaun Watson, I mean, I think they can respect him. It's early. He's young. Uh, He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Um, I I think he's, I'm sure he's a great leader and a good guy in the community, but it's just a different kind. You know, remember some of these guys like Antonio Brown and Fournette, they were problem children. And I'm not being critical. These are facts. Could Deshaun Watson have gotten them to fall in line? Eh, I don't know. So what do you got? Wentz? Deshaun Watson, uh, Jameis Winston, no. Uh, Marcus Mariota, no. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's that easy.
5: Well, is it, would you agree, though, that that's easier than finding a defensive line that's going to wreak havoc on a third string offensive line in a playoff game?
4: I mean, personally, I'm a little surprised uh, that you're saying so many great things about Brady, given how you just I took a Tom dump Brady. on him. You Fifty-five know I hate percent Tom completions Brady. in every playoff game. You said they were. I think to your quote, Rob, was you, they were winning in spite of him. They were. And, okay, and, and, so why why is it now just oh quarterback away? I mean, no, Brady is phenomenal. I, yeah. What I'm
5: saying is that that I don't think that's the right way to go. Like, I I tend to agree with you. But I think oh, that okay, you're okay. you're going to see a lot of these teams, especially, like I mentioned, the Colts. Uh, I think you're going to see the Bears, of course. I'm sure the Niners are going to be like this as well, where they're going to say, hey, we just need a quarterback. Tom Brady took a 7-9 to team full of talent, which all these other teams full of talent, and all you got to do is not screw it up, make enough big plays here and there, and we'll be right there. Because Tom Brady— 49ers, was, yeah. Yeah, in this yeah. playoff run— had really one great game, which I don't even know if it was great, but the Super Bowl, he was yeah seventy two percent
4: completions. Right. He was sixteen of twenty in the first half. Uh-huh. Yeah, he
5: was he yeah. was lights out. But you know, in yeah. in, the, in the Packers game, threw three second half interceptions. In yeah. the uh, Saints game, it was Drew Brees who wet the bed, and and all Brady yeah. had to do was I not mean turn the Brady ball over.
4: Buck ninety nine. Yeah, you are right. He and then great. against the was it Tyler Henicky against yeah. Washington, he did throw for three eighty one. But nevertheless, Um I, I would agree largely now. I guess the question becomes, Sam Fran is like, well, we got within eight minutes of beating them with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do we need to mortgage the future and get Deshaun Watson? Or can we get by and get there again and maybe pull it off with Jimmy G? I
5: don't think that Kyle Shanahan is going to be willing to do that again. Because he needed everything Mm -hmm. to go right to win with Jimmy G.
4: I, I tend to agree with you because if McVeigh was sick of Goff, and McVeigh <laughs> and Shanahan are similar guys, I, I'm not saying. Uh, do we know that Garoppolo is that much better than Jared Goff?
5: Uh, he's got bigger hands, that's for sure.
4: Oh come on! I, like I, I just, I don't think the gap between those two is massive. I think the gap between Stafford. and... And golf is is massive. But then again, I'm a Stafford homer, and I did have people at the Super Bowl thing asking me, yo, why are you so all in on Stafford? These are Rams fans. They're like, and I tried to build the case. Um, I don't know if I sold them, but the Super Bowl is in LA next year. Okay. Stafford at SoFi. How about them apples? You liking that? You feel, no, you're not feeling that. <laughs> right. Not at all, huh? Um, so, anyways, let, let me, I'm going through my notes here. Uh, I still. <laughs> I still can't get over beating Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes as underdogs in each game. That's just that's pretty staggering. That is a great run. Um, oh, you know, oh, here's, you know here's what's funny is that the, the
5: guy who gets all the credit for that is Tom Brady when it should be Todd Bowles in that defense.
4: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, Brady MVP, but who on the defense could you have given the MVP to?
5: That's the problem. That, that's the same yeah. issue that they ran into with the um, Patriots-Giants Super Bowl. When you know Tuck and Strahan and Human Yoro were were the MVPs of the game, but you couldn't give it to them because it's a collective. So Eli Manning snuck in and stole that one.
4: Um, I, I it looks like Devin White. I mean, but again, you needed to pick six, like Malcolm. Uh, what's his face on that Seahawks defense? Um, I think it was Malcolm Smith. Had, yes, like, correct. Had pick Linebacker. Six. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, Devin White had a good game: two tackles for loss, uh, interception, but. I don't know. Um, This was the funniest thing I saw. These were the businesses, Rob G., that advertised during Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Okay, they had commercials during the Super Bowl AOL, Blockbuster, (laughs) Circuit City, Sears, and Radio Shack. That's how long Tom Brady's been around. Pretty staggering. There wasn't even I didn't. I'm trying to think. Did I have a cell phone? Yeah, I think I did have a cell phone. Um, Rob G, what were you in like elementary school? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. I was like 2000, 2001. Uh, what was that? The StarTech, the Black StarTech cell phone. You obviously didn't have one, but no. uh, that was the first phone I had, uh, and you felt so cool. Remember, there's no there was no texting on the StarTech. There was no internet. At least the first version, like. That's when Tom Brady was dominating, and he still is dominating. I don't know, man. I do wonder. And we'll wrap up on this. It's been a long uh, podcast recapping the Super Bowl.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
4: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
3: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Rob, do you think LeBron watched that and just had thoughts like, oh, shit, what... My- why can't I play until I'm forty?
5: I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. And 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 it's it kind of links back to this. It's so frustrating. I saw several people tweet this uh, last night after the game. Is this cements Tom Brady as the greatest athlete in American sports history? <laughs> and it's, it's like uh, Meanwhile,
4: no, he's he's not a good athlete.
5: No, but even if you were to just take out the athleticism part, it's like you know football players only play one side of the field. Like, that that's reserved either for solo sport people like Tiger, Serena, Jack Nicholas, that kind of stuff, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, and basketball players because they have to do offense and defense. So, let's just, no. But, yes, I definitely think that LeBron feels, after watching Tom Brady, maybe a little invigorated that, you know, I can go another three or four for sure.
4: Well, my guess is he's definitely going to hang around and play with his kid somewhere um, to be the first ever. Remember, he was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. And um, Ken Griffey Jr. played with his father in baseball. Um, and I think LeBron will be the first NBA player to play with his son. I, I don't think anyone's even been close. Um, wherever that is, you know, it would stink if... Uh, Are you going to buy that LeBron, LeBron
5: is... James Orlando Magic jersey?
4: No, I was, I'm, you're being generous <laughs> with Orlando. I was saying if they sent him to some outpost like, you know, Minnesota. Because um, they drafted Bronny. And then LeBron goes there, and then Minnesota's like a a deal, you know. And they they
5: make the Western finals that year. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's going to happen.
4: Uh, So, anyways, that puts a bow on the football season. But I do think, uh, Rob, this is the fun is just beginning. There were a lot of rumors about Carson Wentz over the weekend, which I'm stunned by. Uh, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, Chicago Bears, supposedly, are interested. I do believe, though, and, and let's just. Let's mark this down, Rob, because I would love to clip this off if and when it happens. I think Belichick's big takeaway from this Super Bowl is I need to get me a high-level quarterback, and I need one now. And there's, I mean, could Belichick get Carson Wentz and, I mean, flip him around? Now, I don't think Belichick's given up two multiple number one picks. And Belichick usually isn't one to take on bad contracts. Remember, he likes to get guys on the cheap. I mean, Cam Newton was minimum salary guy. I don't know if Belichick goes for Wentz, but options are dwindling. It's basically Watson, Wentz, who, again, doesn't have a playoff win. Uh, Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, does have a playoff win uh, with um, Tennessee beating uh, and Alex Smith in his final start. Mahomes took over the next year. And who am I missing? Is Derek Carr in the mix? Could he be on the move, Rob G, your guy? Uh,
5: he definitely could be the, I, I think for the right price, he definitely could be.
4: Um, yeah. I mean like there aren't that many other great, like there's no way he's rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick as exciting as Fitz is <laughs> with the beard. There's just no shot of that. So I think this week, uh, is certainly going to be interesting and, uh, we'll have a lot of good content. We, uh, We'll work on some guests, whether it's NFL, NBA, college hoops. But uh, just because football's over doesn't mean the podcast ends. We're year-round, baby. Every day of the week, there are sports. Every weekday, there will be a podcast. And we will talk to you tomorrow.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick